Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, welcome to Marriage and Martinis. I'm Adam. Here is Danielle. Hi. And my apologies to everybody. I am just swamped right now, back to work, you know, after the quarantine. It's been about three weeks now, and I'm just out of control with work, and I have not been as present as I should be here, but I will. Yep. No questions asked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. You've been working 24-7. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm just excited for us to finally, like, sit back and just do, like, our stuff. I mean, there's so much going on and this episode is so incredibly important. And unfortunately I wasn't part of it. I wish I was. Um, but, but I'm just really excited when things start to settle down, hopefully soon enough that we can just kind of like kick back and have fun and just do an episode like we did a while ago. Well, we just had put an episode out last week, the two of us. Uh, did we? Yeah. I, I have no idea. <laughs> what was that I there? long ago? You were there. I was there. I was yeah. talking and everything. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it has been, um, the the past couple of weeks have just been, I think, for most everybody, completely exhausting and overwhelming and draining. And on top of the pandemic, there's all this other stuff going on now, um, you know, with uh, the George Floyd killing and um, it just a culmination of so much that has just been, um, you know, uh, just needing to happen and has sort of come to a head and um, has opened up all of these important conversations that need to happen and actions that need to happen um and uh I just I was I was so excited excited maybe is the wrong word to do this episode I was um you know just I I really wanted to do it I was also really nervous to do it because I you think felt like the importance and the necessity to do it yeah Not well excited yeah excited to do it I but I know what you're trying to right. say right I was excited because it is an is it, it is a conversation that is really important to me um but it's also a conversation that can be a little bit uncomfortable um you know especially as a white woman right now um you know when we talk about white privilege and everything um you're i'm a little bit afraid to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing um which i think a lot of people especially on social media and everything are feeling right now but at the same time it's a it's a sense of discomfort and a place of being uncomfortable that I think we need to go through and be in in order to get to the next step. So I am putting myself in that position um, because I do think it is important, especially as someone with a platform. Um, I do encourage everyone, myself included, 
that when we're having this conversation, let's try not to ridicule each other, um, but rather if we're if we are um, being brave enough to open ourselves up to the dialogue and to try to be a part of the conversation, let's try to support and lift each other up and educate and encourage and inspire and all of those things that we need to do to come together and actually make this work. So I am trying to um, educate myself right now and um, in that I know that I have a lot of work to do. But I also um, am putting myself in the position of trying to have the conversation. So I think we all need to do that and support one another. Um, and I support all of you in that also. I was so happy that Sharnay um, agreed to be on the podcast. Um, oh, I wanted to backtrack one second. Last week, our episode, our podcast episode, um, we donated all the revenue to um, to charity for uh the Black Lives Matter cause. Um, we donated to um, a few different charities, uh, the ACLU and uh, the Minnesota Freedom Fund, which um, is, you know, was um, in honor of the George Floyd killing. Um, our kids also, for those of you asking pl good places for kids to donate, um, we had our children all pick a charity to donate to. Um, and those were, um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to find it. Uh, our daughter, our 14 year old chose the Ali Forney Center, which is the nation's largest nonprofit providing shelter and health care services to homeless LGBTQ youth in New York City. And they are a safe haven for many, many uh, black young adults who are in the LGBTQ community. Our 12 year old son um, chose the LeBron James Family Foundation, which uh, is a charity that takes care of youth in his hometown of Akron, Ohio. Um, and our eight-year-old, who is obsessed with video games, uh, decided to donate to Black Girls Code, which introduces young girls to the world of technology and coding. So, um, you know, uh, for all of you out there who support the podcast, um, thank you for, um, you know, helping us to um, do this and, and give that money to those important organizations. And we did it on your behalf also, so... Um, yeah, and not only that, you and she, uh, our 14-year-old daughter, when I say mm -hmm. she, went to the Asbury protest that yeah. was here last weekend, so yeah. that's kind of... Yeah, that was really amazing yeah. and wonderful um, and, and awesome, yeah. And she, she was, I think it was really awesome that, that, that she got to go. Um, Sharnay Gordon, who is on our episode today, who I'm so excited for you guys to hear from, is a computer programmer by day, blogger and influencer by night, and a wife and a mother of two children 24-7. She is also a self-proclaimed lifelong learner, podcast junkie, and diversity inclusion and inclusion expert. Sharnay's blog, Here We Read, that's W-E-E, -E, Here We Read, is where she expresses her creativity and passion for reading, diverse literature, and literacy. More than anything else, Sharnay cares about connecting people with great books that they love because she believes that books are an absolute necessity. Sharnay's passion for diversity and inclusion is driven by a desire for everyone to have his or her own voice, whether it be through books, television, or other media. She believes it's important for people of all races and all ethnicities to be able to see themselves represented and included. In addition to her blog on so and social media, you can find Sharnay's work at Brightly, readbrightly.com, where she is a contributing writer. She is also the founder of Her Children's literacy organization 50 states 50 books 
where they collect and donate diverse children's books to deserving kids in each of the 50 United States. Charnay is currently in the process of co-authoring her first children's picture book, slated for publication in 2021 with Sleeping Bear Press. We are going to put all her links um, on our uh, social media, and hopefully this week I'm going to do a Friday Five. I know I'm a little bit behind in that, where we will have all this information also. So please enjoy Charnay. She was wonderful. She was so supportive of me. Again, a difficult conversation and an uncomfortable um, dialogue that we're just opening up and we're just new to, in a sense, even though it's a long time coming and should have been done a long time ago. Um, But... I think you are really going to enjoy her. She is wonderful and was so uh, just inspiring to me. So enjoy. So hi, Charnay. Hello. How are you? Okay. Uh, That was actually the first thing I wanted to ask you is how you're doing uh, because this has been some week and I am so grateful, so appreciative, just beyond happy that you said that you would be here with us because I know you are exhausted. I see yeah. <laughs> that your inbox is full and yeah. everybody wants to talk to you. And so I'm I so know. grateful. So please, how are you? I'm okay. I'm hanging in there. Last week was rough. Last week, it was a lot. Um, trying to deal with the pandemic, homeschooling my kids, and now all of the uh, social uprisings that are happening in the world right now. And then, you know, just trying to stay sane <laughs> with everything. It's just a lot to, to process. Um, and so it can feel very overwhelming. So I've tried to like stay away from the news as much as possible, only catch the highlights that I really need to see. And that's pretty much it. But I, overall, I'm doing good. Okay, good, good. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, I wanted to have you on because I I think our, Mike, I know our community, the Marriage of Martinis community, our listeners are always trying so hard. We talk a lot about parenting. We talk a lot about trying to be more um, socially aware and socially conscious and with realizing that we have a lot of work to do. And even though our hearts are in the right place and our intentions are good, um, life can be a lot. And I think sometimes we let certain lessons and certain um, daily incorporations into our parenting sort of get missed a little bit because we're dealing with just the daily stuff. Um, and, and it's, like I said, our intentions are good, but I think that now is the time that we all are realizing that we really need to step it up a notch, two notches, three notches. Um, and so I really wanted to talk to you because I know that you are someone who on a daily basis is always trying to, um, get, you know, literature out there and lessons out there to help parents with exactly this. So I know that there are a lot of us right now who are so supportive of everything that's going on. We want to show our, you know, our support and our, um, our admiration for, you know, for everybody and what they're doing. And I was out there with my daughter protesting and I know a lot of other people have been protesting and donating and, and any way that we can show, but we need to keep it going. Right. So, um, so my first question is for anybody who is wondering how to talk to our kids about what is going on now. I know this is a really difficult conversation and, um, but it's there and it's a good, it's a good time to bring it up. So any thoughts on that? 
Yeah. I think whether you tell your kids or not what's going on right now, it's really your own personal choice. You know, I always say do what's best for you and your family. For us, I definitely told my kids what's going on. They see me watching the news. They see me looking at social media. Uh, Plus, we are a Black family. So I figured I absolutely have to tell my kids about it. Um, But, you know, in in a very language, um, sorry, not language, in a very um, kid-appropriate way that they will understand and not be frightened, not be upset, or not be afraid. So we've had conversations about what is a protest? Why do people protest? How are, how are people sometimes treated unfairly? Do you, have you ever been treated unfairly? You know, and not in a way like somebody's treating you unfair because of the color of your skin, but just have you ever been treated unfairly? And if so, what does that feel like? You know, so it could be like, yeah, well, you know, he hurt my feelings when he took my toy away. And it's just like, okay, well, how did that make you feel? It's not the same thing as racism, obviously, but it's an example how kids can begin to process how black people in this country may be feeling by being treated unfairly. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. So I think, you know, we've been having just the conversation um, about why some people might treat us differently based on the color of our skin, but also conversations around not everyone is bad. And I truly believe that most people in this world are good. And that's what I tried to like really drill into my kids' minds. I don't want them going around thinking that all white people hate all black people. You know, Um, that's just not true. And, you know, they have white friends. Um, I have white friends. And so they know that most white people are very kind, but there are some people who are not and not, not, and we're not, it's not just a black and white issue, really. It's not just white versus black. It's it's just people who who just have these certain implicit biases against other people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so just really trying to explain that to to your kids if you choose to. Some people choose not to, and that's okay right. too. Well, I think even in these last two weeks, so many of us, myself included are we've all I mean there are so many of us who you know we are anti-racism for sure but we are at a point now where we are also recognizing this idea of white privilege and I think for some of us it's something that we hadn't thought much about before because in our daily lives we just you know we're 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 just you know we're we're not we're not racist and we're you know we're trying our best to be um inclusive and but there is this idea now of using our white privilege for good and looking at our lives and looking at ourselves and our families and saying to ourselves what okay am i doing am i actively doing things to um you know to to show my kids um that it is important to have all different influences in your life of, you know, race and religion and, and especially right now in the moment to think about, you know, and always to think about black people and, you know, the black experience, the culture, cultural experience. 
And I know that there are a lot of us who don't live in very diverse communities. Um, that's just the way it is. I'm in the middle of a suburb and, you know, we're, we're some of those people. We just don't live in a very diverse community. And so I'm wondering what we can be doing as parents on a daily basis or just an overall looking at our lives. What can we start to change on a daily basis and on a more serious basis um, to pivot and to, you know, make it so that we start incorporating these cultural experiences, these values, and and these influences into our lives and our kids' lives? Yes, absolutely. So I get this question a lot. So one of the things that I would start with, especially if you have smaller kids, it begins at home, right? So I would start with something as simple as the kids' playroom or the toys that they play with. Take a hard look at your toys. What are, what are your kids playing with? What kind of puzzles do they have? What kind of dolls do they have? Um, is there any diversity in there? Um, if not, maybe you might want to start there and start to change that. Even if it's like hand puppets, right? Um, finger puppets. They, ha they have all of these different diverse and cultural hand puppets, um, finger puppets. There's puzzles that are diverse nowadays. Dolls, for sure. You can definitely find an array of dolls, even if it's the, the wooden peg dolls, there's so much that you can do with a kid's playroom or just to diversify their, their toys. Of course, books <laughs> is another way that you can obviously do that. Take a look at books about different cultures, different uh, races, different religions, uh, different abilities, different disabilities. Like there's just so much that you can really capture just by reading books with your kids. So go to your local library. If your library doesn't have a wide array of diverse books, request them. This is something that libraries have the power to do. You just have to demand it from them. You're paying your taxes in your town that you live in. Demand that your library carry more diverse books. If that's what you would like, ask them. Thirdly, I think there's so much available on the internet nowadays from YouTube videos, uh, virtual field trips. Uh, I do this with my kids a lot. And especially when the pandemic hit, we started doing like lots of different, I was looking up like different virtual field trips that I could take them on. Like I found one, a really cool one with the African safari, you know, just uh, lots of different things that are available right now that we didn't have access to. Um, so it's really just a matter of like, seeking this stuff out like if you want something just type it into google see what you see what you come up with um i think are those good examples Is yeah that those are great I, I was reading some articles also that we're talking about and i'm thinking more on a personal level of things like things in our community that I, I haven't really thought about before but you know even like um who are our kids coaches who, you know, our, our kids tutors, um, our kids boy and girl scout leaders, um, all these things that we don't think about, you know, I, I someone asked me recently, um, when was the first time you had a black teacher? And I really had to think about it. And for a second, I was like, why am I 42 years old? And I've never thought about that before. Like, right. it just never entered my 
thought process. And it turns out it was high school the first time I had a black teacher, which is insane. Mm -hmm. So I think that these conversations, these are even things that, you know, you can bring to a, a PTA meeting or a board meeting or, you know, to use those, the, those, um, platforms to start to get a conversation going, especially right now while the momentum is up. And I know that that's something that I want to think about doing. Um, and and so I, I feel like people can start to think to themselves, wait a minute, my community is really lacking in, um, you know, in that kind of leadership. So um, I think that also is a, a great thing. And I actually, I, I did some research and it's amazing that in our country, um, on less than 20% of teachers are teachers of, of people of color and 2% of teacher are, teachers are black men. Which oh, is wow. Crazy. That's, that's crazy. Isn't wow. that crazy? That is so, crazy. like, especially for young boys who are looking for those male influences and everything, I thought that was crazy. Yeah. Um, another, another thing that people can do. Um, I know this was a thing that my, my kids, my, especially my daughter, she did at school is, and I don't know if they still do this, but I'm guessing so. Why not look for a pen pal for your child who lives in a different state or a different country? Uh, my daughter had a pen pal uh, in first grade, and then they did some pen pal exchanges in second grade as well. So just learning about different people who, you know, have different backgrounds, um, I think that would be a great exercise for small kids too. Right. Even if awesome. it's like, yeah, even if it's like an online pen pal exchange. Obviously, you know, we have to be careful with security and all of that. Um, but that was another there are, what, there are websites that do that I, I bet there are I'm sure there are yeah I'm sure there and are especially for the summer that's an awesome idea that is an awesome idea yeah um yeah so I don't know I just feel like in the community in our community for instance you know that's these are things that we need to think about that I have never thought about before so this is like such a good I don't know it's just such a good catalyst for all of that um for parents who may be concerned that they haven't been doing enough to have conversations with their kids and they are, you know, tweens, teens, and maybe at this point, they're sort of like, I haven't been doing it. Not that they were lacking intention or that, that you know, they're, they're bad parents or anything like that. It, it's really just a wake up call right now for so many. Um, so what, what can we do now if the conversation is just starting at that age? Like, you said tweens? Yeah, you know, a little bit older kids. Because for younger kids, it's easier to incorporate. But at a certain point, it's sort of like, you know, well, we haven't been having the conversation. Why all of a sudden now? So just a discussion to start. Yeah, see, though, that's a little harder, too. Because as you grow, you kind of, you know, develop your own biases or based on what you've been taught or what you've seen as a child or just even your life experiences. So it could be kind of a culture shock to some of the slightly older kids who are now thinking, well, wait a minute, what, you know, why are you, why are you, why are you telling me this now? Um, but I, but I, one of the things that I do find encouraging with our young people is that they usually are more willing and open to change. I mean, I've been seeing some of the most amazing young advocates, all in, and not even advocates, but just kids who are out there actually marching and protesting. And these are like, you know, they're probably like 10, 11, 12, you know, maybe 15 years old, but they, they get it. 
um, most of them, I'll say, you know, there are going to be some that might be a little bit harder to kind of talk to about this, but I find it, um, I find it, what's the word I'm inspiring. looking for? Inspiring. Inspiring. <laughs> uh-huh. That to see, you know, so many young, young kids nowadays who are really kind of on the front lines and willing to partner with us as allies. But, you know, for, you can't change everyone. You can't change everyone. Um, so I don't know. I've never been in that situation. But I think, you know, just really just trying to tell kids that, you know, especially at that age that, um, you know, we treat people the same no matter how they look. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be a, a tougher, a tougher conversation. Really, it just depends on the child. It really just depends on the child. But I would, I would at least start there just saying that, you know, we believe as a family, um, we may have not, we may not have, not have shown it, all these years, but if that's something that you truly believe and you really want to change, or even if you you haven't, even if you've had your own biases and your own prejudices, um, and now you're you're thinking, well, wait a minute, I want to change. That's okay too, because I know there are a lot of people out there who are in that situation too, and so maybe together it could be a really beautiful learning experience as a family for all of you to learn and go on this anti-racist journey together. So I think it could really be a beautiful teaching moment for all of you. There are so many resources that I've seen in the past few weeks that are available where all of you as a family, and it's really explained at a very basic level, all of you as a family can go on your own anti-racist journey together. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be a probably a good place to start, especially if you have teens or tweens who may be a little bit resistant, and but you want to make a change. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Yeah. Um, and this is, again, something that I've been thinking about for myself. We have um, in our house, I've always had, I've always tried to use like signs, um, like actual signs. That, um, and we have in our kitchen a Black Lives Matter sign that just always sort of sits there. And while I don't think I've had the conversation enough, um, those sort of implicit messages that, you know, even that something as simple as that. And But one thing that I also was looking around at my house, I was sort of like, we don't have any Black artists and we don't have any, you know, so those kinds of things that right now I'm starting to think to myself, these are things that I want to start to do. I want to, and so even like just having that stuff throughout your household or the music that you're playing, um, you know, all of that, I feel like for me, this is stuff that I'm starting to think about that, you know, I want to start doing better with. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are all good messages. If, if, if the conversation is difficult to have and not everybody is so verbal and vocal, there's other ways I think to do it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah. So, and again, all stuff that like I'm processing at this yeah. time, thinking to myself, <laughs> this is all stuff I need to be doing. Right. Um, yeah. Um, okay. And, and right now, like I said, the momentum is up. The energy is up. How do we keep that going? Because I know that everybody keeps saying, listen, the social media, the posts, the Blackout Tuesday, the, you know, the protests, the marches, everything is amazing, but we need to keep that going. How, how can we do that? How do we not lose this energy? Because so many of us right now are so pumped and so psyched up to, you know, to make this a real issue on a daily basis. Yeah, I wish I knew the answer to that. Um, we've been here before and I'm hopeful this time it will be different, but it wouldn't surprise me if we end up here again. Um, maybe not to this level, but we will no undoubtedly see more black lives being lost at the hands of police officers. It's just going to happen. Um, but I am hopeful that this time we do start to see some real changes. Um, I'm trying to stay as positive <laughs> as I can about it. Um, but I know just based on history that we could be here again. So to to give you an answer, how do we keep the momentum going? I don't know. I mean, I think maybe with things like social media is a very powerful tool. Um, but, you know, I also know that once this blows over, we'll go back to business as usual. And that's, that's the hard part. Um, I don't know how P I don't know how we keep it going. I don't know. Maybe, you know, it's, it's people just continuing to be active, especially when school starts back up. Um, I had a conversation with, uh, art, uh, author Tiffany Jewell last week. And she talked about her and I were talking about like, wouldn't this be a beautiful thing if in the fall, when school starts back up, that schools across the country could incorporate some sort of anti-racist um, training for the educators and then maybe some sort of curriculum around it for the kids. I don't know if that can happen, if that can all happen this quickly, but even if it's just a conversation that's had at the start of the school year and they continue that conversation throughout the school year in small ways, even if they just start to think about Maybe how can they change up some of their events that they usually have? Most schools typically have the same old events over and over again for the kids, mm -hmm. but maybe they might want to, maybe they might start thinking differently. Hey, maybe we can have some different cultural um, events for the kids. Right. Instead you know? of Wednesday bingo, maybe we can have right. three months something. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, and that would be, you know, ways to keep up the momentum. Um, looking at your schools, demanding that your your PTO incorporate change, demanding that your principal incorporate change within your kid's school, within your kid's colleges. Um, again, demanding that your library start to carry more diverse books. So I think things like that can maybe keep it going. Um, and even in your workplace where you work, if you have a, a corporate job, what can your company do? What is your company going to be doing to make changes? So I think maybe with things like that, we can kind of keep the momentum going. And of course, 
people just still continuing to use their voice over and over again. Um, I'm hoping that some of those things will help. Mm -hmm. And vote. And vote. Oh my gosh, I forgot. Vote. 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 Absolutely. No, I know. I just want to slip that in whenever I can. Come on, let's let's double check that we're registered. Let's triple check that we're registered. Let's, you know, get those mail-in ballots. We Um, have to vote. Absolutely. Um, At the local, at the local level as well. Because I know a lot of people, they don't, they'll vote for like the presidential election, but they won't vote in their local town elections. So voting both for the president in November, as well as at your local, um, for your local government is very important as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I also want to, one thing I actually wanted to ask you that for, for personal reasons, not so much about parenting, but for someone, um, you know, like me, how right now can we be there for our black friends and the black community? And how can we, how can our kids, cause a lot of us do have, you know, a lot of our kids do have um, black friends and right now is a hard time. And, um, you know, I, I know that there are certain ways that we feel like, again, we're good. We have good intentions when we reach out, but it sometimes makes it more stressful for the black community. And that's something that I've been learning about too, you know, asking people, <laughs> How, you know, how, what can I, how, how, how do I educate myself? How do I this? How do that? I know it adds stress and, you know, we need those guides and everything, but, but there are half, there are other ways that we can help. And I was just wondering what your thoughts are on that. What, what, ca- what can we do for, you know, the people in our personal lives right now, um, you know, just to help and, and, and show our support. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, checking in is always a good thing. Um, but, you know, like you said, it could be depending on the person. Some people may think, you know, now is not a good time. Others may think, wow, you know, thanks so much for, for checking in on me. Um, whether it's via a phone call, text, email. Um, so I think it just depends on the person. I, I welcome all of those. You know, people have been asking me for weeks, how am I doing? How am I doing? Um, and I always appreciate it, but I know for some people, it can be overwhelming. Some people just want their space and they just, you know, they'll reach out when they want to, or if they choose to. Um, so I think it really just depends on the person, but as far as ways that you can help, maybe if, you know, you, um, if they're on social media, maybe you amplify their voice you know, um, maybe you share some of their content, you share a blog post that you think is helpful that other people will benefit from. Um, you know, maybe you send them, send them a care package in the mail. If you're, you know, depending on how how close you are to them, but if you have their address and you're really good friends, maybe you just reach out by sending a care package in the mail, some flowers, um, whatever things that you know that they like, or, Maybe you send them an Amazon gift card, you know, just because um, you buy them coffee or just small things that I think um, people would appreciate. Um, But I think really it just depends on the person. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Okay. Now I want to talk about books because I know that's your specialty and I know that you get so excited about it. 
And you, oh my gosh, your website is incredible and your social media is incredible. And we'll put all those links everywhere. Um, but I know that you believe that books are really a major, major way. You talk, talk to us about that because, um, you know, I know that that is your whole mission. So it's you tell us about what you, what you try to do and what you're hoping will do as far as literature goes. Yeah, I've been advocating for reading and literacy, uh, specifically diverse literature for the past five years. Uh, it really just started as a way for me to share books that I was reading on my own or books that I was reading with my kids who were one and two when I originally started my blog. And I had no idea at the time that it was going to take off the way that it actually did. Um, but my main mission and my main goal is for children that look like mine to see themselves represented in literature, as well as for non-children of color to see children of color being represented in books. You know, uh, growing up for me personally, I, I read a whole lot of books, but rarely did I see myself being reflected back to me on the pages. And so I made a vow to myself when I became a parent that A, I would read with my kids daily, um, and B, that I would make sure that they saw themselves being reflected as much as they, they could within the books that we read together. But that doesn't mean that we only exclusively, exclusively read diverse books within our household. We read all types of books. But my main thing is that I want my kids to know that they are loved, they are valued, and they are respected, and that they can do and be anything that they want to be. So that's the mess. Those are the messages I try to get across to my kids, um, <clears throat> as well as just for people who are looking at my blog. I want them to know that when you're looking at books with people of color, it's not always about oppression. It's not always about slavery. It's not always about racism. We have joy too. You know, we, we like to show, I like to showcase books about kids just being everyday kids, doing things that all kids do. You know, I, I want kids who are not of color to know that sometimes children of color can be the hero too. Sometimes children of color can be the president too. They can be the CEO, you know? And I think that they can be a doctor, they can be a dentist, they can be an engineer. They can be anything that you can be. But I, I think because usually we see people of color in positions of service, right? This was a big buzz term used during the pandemic. Well, still going on, pandemic that's still going on, even though you wouldn't know it. <laughs> but um, essential workers, right? So typically essential workers, not always, but are people of color. And so I think that because smaller kids see that, often they think that that's the only thing that we can do. Um, so I'm really just trying to change the narrative on that. That's what my blog is really all about, my Instagram account. Um, so that that's really that's really it. But also to be able to 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 
to take a peek into other people's lives, right? Um, see how we maybe wash our hair. If it's a book about a little girl getting her hair done, um, how our hair may be different from your hair, how our skin may be different from your skin, but also fundamentally how we're different, but we're still the same. We're all of the human race at the end of the day. Um, so that's what I've really tried to, to focus on. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I, I love what you're doing and I love how people are, I think, discovering right now um, that what you've been doing for so many years is like a, a holds a lot of power to how we proceed in all of this and, you know, books and literature and um, can, can really like, yeah, like you said, bring us together. Mm. Um, I'm wondering, I know when, when you, you have so many books that when you look at one of your Instagram posts, you can have like 50 <laughs> books in an Instagram post, which is amazing and phenomenal. Um, but you know, if we, if we're going to start small and there's, and if there are some people out there who, you know, um, really are looking to start to diversify the books in their house, be it for young people or teenagers or um, adults. What are some books that you think every household should have, every child should read, every, you know, adult should have, or a book for the coffee table, or, you know, just something that we can start with? Okay. Can we focus specifically on anti-racist books? Like if for people who may want to go on an sure, I, journey? Sure. That sounds great. Okay. Okay. Great. So these are the books that I would recommend. Let's start with for the grownups, right? Because in order for grownups to begin to even have this conversation with children, the grownups need to be informed first. So especially if you're talking to young kids, you don't want to send them mixed messages. The first one that I would absolutely say that you need is white fragility. White Fragility, and that is by Robin D'Angelo. And the full title is White Fragility, Why It's So Hard for White People to Talk About Racism. That book is phenomenal. So I would start there. Then I would move on to So You Want to Talk About Race. That's the next book, Ijama. Oh, I don't want to butcher her last name. Uh, I'll spell it. It's O-L-U-O. And Ijama is spelled I-J-E-O-M-A. And we'll put all these on. Um, I'm going to direct them to your website. We'll put them, um, you know, on ours. And, and so people can go and check. Right. And then the third book that I would recommend is another one called How to Be Anti-Racist. And that one is by Ibram X... His middle initial is X and then Kendi, K-E-N-D-I. And Ibram is spelled I-B-R-A-M, how to be anti-racist. So I would start with those three main books. There are others, obviously. The only thing about these books right now, I know for a fact that you probably can't find them anywhere. Right. Right. <laughs> um, the so, audio versions. Right. Maybe, maybe the audio version. Yeah. 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 Now moving on to kids, let's go to the, the toddlers and infants. 
I would start, there's a book coming out actually June 15th. It's called Anti-Racist Baby. And that one is by the same author that I just mentioned, Ibram X. Kendi, I-B-R-A-M, Kendi, K-E-N-D-I. Um, an ABC of Equality, an ABC of Equality. And this one is by Chana Janelle Ewing. And then when you go into the, um, oh, and then one more, um, All Kinds of People by Shelley Rotner. As far as for picture books, I really like some of the um, the books, the, some of the newer books that are out now. There's one, The Day You Begin by Jacqueline Woodson. Something Happened in Our Town. And the full title is Something Happened in Our, Our Town, A Child's Story About Racial Injustice. I think there's a really good YouTube video about that also. Oh, is there? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, a kid's book about racism. I did an interview with that author two weeks ago on Instagram, and um, it was a really great conversation. But that one is called A Kid's Book About Racism, and that one is by Jelani Memory. Did you know that Father's Day is coming up? I did know. Oh. Not only did I know, I've been like snooping around the house, looking in closets. Yeah, for my don't, don't waste your time. And, no. Um, and not yet. Anyway, it's way too early for that. And graduations are currently going on and are upcoming. Um, and love book is an awesome gift to give for any occasion, especially a father's day or a graduation. And, uh, it's a great gift for little kids to make for their grandfathers or their dads or anybody in their life who they want to show how much they love, especially now when we can't give a hug so much or snuggle, or it's just another way to show love. And we've been talking about representation. L one of the greatest things about love book that I've always loved so much since we even found out about them is that they are such an inclusive company when you go on their website and you go and make those animated characters that are so adorable I mean they are they come in you know talk about representation every color every shape every size um you know glasses no glasses uh different styles I just love everything that they're doing and love book is a premium gift hand bound and shipped all over the world everyone has a unique love story the Love Book book building system lets you tell that story by listing all the things and special reasons that you love about a person. Choose a cover and edit the title. Make your characters look like you and them. Choose pages and personalize them. Love Book is a fantastic way for you to show your significant other or anybody else in your life how much you love them. Good for anniversaries, birthdays, Father's Day, graduation. I miss you just because you create yourself and the receiver from these adorable characters. You choose the body type, hairstyle, facial expressions. And of course, I had to make mine for you. Very inappropriate as always. I loved my love book. I Honestly, know. like as you're sitting here, even talking, I'm not even listening to you because I'm thinking about those little characters that you had mm -hmm. made for that look like you and what looks like me. And they were, they're adorable. And I, I had the it. best time making it and our kids made for their grandparents and they had the best time making it. It was such a good activity that I didn't have to like talk to them for like an hour. It was awesome. Each book is professionally bound and laminated to pr protect it forever. And love books Express Wizard means creating your book is easier than ever and you have full range of customization options. So head to lovebookonline.com slash 
uppercase MNM and put in promo code uppercase again MNM20 for 20% off. That's lovebookonline.com slash capital MNM promo code uppercase MNM20 for 20% off today. Yeah, I, I was looking at, the, it just said uh, the New York Times bestsellers in the past two weeks, the now the, the like the, of the top bestsellers, mm-hmm. the, the first like 15 are all black authors and related to the social issues going on. Like a month ago, there were none in the yeah. top. So, I mean, it's incredible what's even, how quickly this has happened. And, you know, uh, it's just... Uh, people I think are really starting to realize that there has been a huge, you know, missing piece to our entire cultural experience. And yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, My personal favorite, I love, I just read um, Talking to Strangers and I thought that that's I Malcolm Gladwell. And that to me was a huge eye-opening lesson. So anybody who's looking um, and I know the hate you give mm-hmm. for, um, yeah, for teens, for teens is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, what, what do you want, what, what are you hoping for you personally, like as someone who as an educator, as someone who's, you know, loves literacy and loves books and everything, what are you hoping will come from all of this? Like, what are you hoping the next steps will be and how the changes that will be made? Just what are your personal hopes from all this? Well, like we were talking about earlier, I hope that people keep up the momentum. People keep seeking out, well, as it relates to me, I hope people keep seeking out these books. I certainly keep, I keep up with the books. I, I do um, lots of research on books and I make sure that my book list, my book lists are always updated. So every year, in November, I published this huge list of upcoming diverse children's books. Um, So my audience always looks forward to that because it's just always jam-packed with tons and tons of books. Um, But I think, I hope people just keep seeking these books out, keep reading with your kids, keep having conversations, just keep the door open. that's really, that's really what I, what I kind of hope. I, I, I hope we can find out a, find out a way for everyone to just work together um, and love one another. I, you know, I don't know how really because everything just seems so broken right now. Um, but I do find it encouraging that not only are uprisings happening in the U.S., but I was watching the news this morning that they're happening all over the world. And so we are hopefully going to make a difference this time. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Yeah, it sure seems like something is sparked, right? Like, I'm, I mean, just it just seems like people, it, it, there's this um, unbelievable shift and I hope it keeps going too. And for myself, I hope that I, during the summer, will use the time with my kids now that camp and everything is canceled mm. to maybe, you know, do some, a different kind of homeschooling than what we've been doing. And, you know, 
rather than the requirement, maybe focus more on this stuff. And I'm really going to make a concerted effort to do that. Yeah. Um, tell like for me personally, I want to, with my kids, what I'm going to do is um, go back in time to 1960. And, you know, it feels like we're really living <laughs> back in 1960. Um, but I found like all of these different um, activities and um, just historical facts about that time period and um, what was happening then and compare it to what's happening now. Uh, but really, you know, my kids are six and seven, but really on a very basic level that they can understand, but just like comparing and contrasting what was happening then to what's happening now, because I think it's just so similar that, um, and it's just so sad in a lot of ways that we're, we're here again. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I'm, I'm doing with my kids this summer. Yeah, that's great. I, I think if we all do a little bit of that and start even with these small increments, then I think it's going to be a really powerful change. I really do. And um, I want to keep having these conversations and I hope you'll come back and um, talk to us some more and maybe we could get more in depth about the books and everything. I know right now everyone's like so overloaded and overwhelmed that right. we're just trying to figure out where to start in these first steps. But um, tell everybody where they can find you, um, you know, all your platforms and everything. And again, we'll put them on our social media and everything. But um, in case people want to go right now and seek out those books. Sure. I am on social media Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, all under the username Here We Read, and the word we is spelled with two E's. So it's H-E-R-E-W-E-E-R-E-A-D. And then, of course, my blog is hereweread.com. And it's amazing. You have so much great information there. I thank you so much. I don't want to keep you too long because I know you're exhausted and everything. I really, really just want to thank you for just starting the conversation with us and getting us all to sort of think about things. And um, I hope you get to rest some and yeah, and just like, you know, mentally unload a little bit, but I really am so grateful that you are here and I hope that everyone will go and um, check out your, your platforms because you really have, you do an awesome job. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Can I just say one more thing? Of course. Okay. I don't want people to feel like they have to go out and do all the things, buy all the books, buy all the toys, buy all the resources. Just take it one step at a time. You know, it can, it can be very overwhelming and, you know, right now the momentum is high And I think because we have social media, that's like fueling a lot of this stuff that we're seeing. The urgency is what Tiffany Jewell describes. She's the author of this book as an anti-racist. And she said it so beautifully, like there's just this urgency for people to do everything like right now, get me the books. How do I, how do I start this conversation? Give me the cliff notes send me your top 10 books on how I start this conversation. And it's really not about that. It's not, you don't have to rush into this. I would say, take your time. If you want to really commit to this work and you really want to commit to being anti-racist and go on this anti-racist journey, it has to start with you first. 
do the inner work, figure out what are your, what are you, do I have any biases? If so, what are they? Why do I feel this way? Really just taking a deep dive on any prejudices that you may have that you may not even know that you have. And I think that Tiff, that's why I like Tiffany's book. Um, this book is anti-racist so much because even though it's it's a kid's book, it's recommended for kids ages six to 10, it's a really great way for anybody to start their anti-racist journey because it's it's a chapter book, but it kind of guides you through progressively. And so you do these activities all throughout the book and you take time and you reflect, you read, but then you do the activity and then you take time to reflect on what you've read, what you've learned, what you've written. And so it's a really great way to really just take an inner journey before you even try to approach your kids. I love that. Yeah. I think we all need to do some deep searching soul searching, self-searching right now. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, and, and maybe this is not even for you. Like, you know, some people are, you know, thinking, well, I have to be anti-racist. I, I just do. I, I don't want, you know, and it's okay if you're not too, right? Some, this is just, this is not for everybody. You know, I just want to make sure I say that because I'm seeing a lot of you know, just even corporations putting up the Black Lives Matter um, um, images and, you know, doing this and doing that. But what's really changing? Are we really going to see any change? You know, do you really believe everything that you're posting? And if you don't, that's fine. But if you do, start to really understand what it is that anti-racism is about before you start posting about it, before you start buying all the books, doing all the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. That's all Welcome. I can say. <laughs> because it is a lot to think about and um, you make so It is. It yeah. is. And I, I think, you know, just social media just has this way of making us feel guilty about everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think people should just really just take their time if this is something that they really want to commit to and just take your time and, 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 and figure it out. You don't have to figure it all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing that I keep seeing, um, that I think is so important too, because, you know, I had people, you know, I posted pictures of my daughter and I at a protest and, and we are, and we have gone to a lot of protests and stuff about all different issues and that's comfortable for us. But I did have people emailing me saying, I feel so guilty because I have such anxiety going to these protests and I, I do want to fight and I do believe in the cause, but I'm not comfortable at protests. And, you know, to those people, I say there's so much different work to be done. And, um, you know, and if you're not comfortable in a protest, it doesn't mean that you don't believe in the cause. And, and if you're not comfortable, you know, telling off somebody on, you know, on social media, because you believe that they are being racist or whatever, and that's not the way that you're going to fight this battle, don't do it. Pick the ways, you know, maybe you're more comfortable donating or, um, you know, yeah, or, you know, 
reading a book or volunteering at a campaign or calling city councilmen and um, women. Um, you know, so I just, I also think that, yeah, that was a lot of the response, you know, that I got through the week when I was posting was sort of like, I want to help, but I'm not comfortable this way. Well, right. There are so many different lanes to choose and to take. And so I think that people can just figure out where are you most comfortable? Yeah. Um, and not everybody is going to, not everybody's going to post the Black Lives Matter image. Not everybody's going to post a picture of them being at a protest. That's okay. We don't need to blast somebody and say, oh, well, why aren't you doing this? Don't you believe in anti-racism? You know, don't you want to see change? And it's like, no, you don't know what someone else is doing. Mm -hmm. You don't know. Maybe they just donated $1,000 to a, a, a foundation. You don't know what people are doing. And so I, I kind of am turned off when I see that, like people just blasting people like, well, I'm, I'm waiting for you to post something. I'm waiting for you to post something. And it's like, no you don't know, you don't know what I have going on. You know, you can't, you can't assume that just because we're living in this age of social media and everybody posts things. And if they don't post that, they're not, they're not passionate about it, that they're not contributing in other ways. Right. Some people are, and there's, there's quiet power also. And, you know, there's absolutely a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that the idea of being comfortable and we don't want to scare people off from doing stuff by thinking they're going to do the wrong thing. And I think a lot of us are, th- are feeling that way right now too. Like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to do the wrong thing. And, and we're trying, you know, so many of us are trying and it's hard. And, and um, so, yeah, we're all figuring it out together. And that is another reason why I'm so grateful that you came here because, you know, we, we, do need all of us to come together and try to figure out how to how to sort this all out and work this all out so thank you so so much you're welcome Um, thanks for asking me oh my gosh please thank you and you know um i hope you'll come back like i said and you know when things calm down a little bit and i am committed to continuing this conversation so i do not want this to just be a one episode thing i want this to be a series of of episodes and conversations um you know to use my platform for that and our platform for that so thank you you're welcome all right. you <laughs> have a great you. night all right you too thanks bye bye Shanae. bye, bye. <laughs>
mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com